I'd like to add more guests, but I. Whoa, whoa. We're, I don't think we were ready, Greg. That's all right. We'll be all right. Um, I can. She kind of likes to be prepared. <laughs> well, we got to make start. make more of a mess. There'll be more Jesus if we have more mess. Okay. okay. We'll talk about the other stuff later then. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I'm all set up. I am ready to go. All right. Tell us about your paintings you're going to focus on during this hour. Um. Well, these are the paintings I did last week. I just need to, on this one, I decided I don't really like his face color as I've been looking at it over the weeks. So I'll probably cannot let this painting go. I just keep coming back to it. Um, this one I really like in this kind of undone state a lot, so I'll leave it. Uh, but all three of these, I need to seal all of these, but I'll probably do that at the end of our discussion because it smells really bad. So I'll do it at the end of our discussion so I can do it and then take them outside not too cold today and I can let them kind of air out um and then I'll probably start a new one I have decided yeah I need to really prep some more big ones uh like big art pieces not huge like the one behind me but just bigger than this because this is pretty small I just need to prep them and it's just been too cold and I don't want to go in my garage because it's too cold so <laughs> yes so soon soon I'll do that that's kind of where I was at today. But I was thinking, uh, Jonathan, I do need to have you. I really like your uh, poetry and stuff. And actually, Jonathan, I've been, if you guys haven't checked out uh, Jonathan's podcast, it's really cool. I've been listening to it a lot. And um, I need to listen to more of Greg's. I haven't gotten to Greg's yet because I really like podcasts. I don't watch YouTube stuff as much. And so I need to get on there with, with YouTube and watch some of Greg's. Like, I especially want to see the slow vision. Uh, start watching that because that sounds really interesting um anyways i just really like i really like all the stuff that you guys do i was saying people you should check out some of their other stuff if you're into this because it's it's really fun to see what other people do yeah and that's good i um i i hope some people do i um i i don't care in christ that's a kind of a harsh term uh, but that's what Jesus gave me. He said, you need just to say you don't care in Christ because there's certain things that he had to train me out of. So sometimes we can care about, um, well, especially as artists, you, you care about um, feedback from others, but this is a human thing. It's not like just artists. Everybody wants some validation, like, hey, is anybody out there? Um, and, it, and that's okay. It's natural. It's going to be part of me for the rest of my life. It, if not, I'd probably be some antisocial um, person um, in, in an extreme. But it became a fundamental issue um, when I got born again. Jesus says, you need to stop paying attention to the mortals and pay attention to the immortals. Uh, in other words, me, Jesus, um, and what I think about things. And so my, my relationship with Facebook... Um, if I could turn off the like thing, I'd turn it off. But Facebook doesn't allow that. They want people because it, it kind of messes with your head. Oh, they like that. And then it starts reinforcing things that maybe you don't need reinforced. You're just like, no, that was just a one off. 
quit. Um, really, it's the one that everybody likes. So, for instance, if I want a bunch of likes, all I got to do is have my wife present. Then all of a sudden, people, oh, okay, I want to show Saber that I love her. I don't care about Greg, which is fine because, like I said, turn it off. Um, but that um, uh, is something that Jesus has been training me out of is um, caring about um, the validation of others, that I need to be able to move forward um, and, and comfortableness. And, you know, it's not all purge, no will it be during my whole life, but it's substantially, like, it's so delightful to not, to just make art or to do whatever I'm doing, Jesus strips me. And I don't care if there's one person on there uh, one mortal i just because i believe i use my sacred imagination hey jesus is here why do i need other people if you're with the rock of our salvation the star that we should follow if you're with a rock star why would you care about the, the massive crowd um uh, one one reason is because it's hard to believe in jesus that he's really there correct and that's that's the work that he's but i've started believing that he's really with me <clears throat> that is that's that above that above most everything um, satisfies that need to um, have have people validate me. If I can have um, the invisible God validate me, like, well, Jesus likes this movie. <laughs> I know because he's making it. That's how I dramatize it. Has, he has me dramatize it. And that's a, a recent development. In the last, oh, a few months, he says, don't talk about it that way. Say, it's a movie that I'm making. So like The Chosen. Um, that's how I speak of The Chosen. Uh, Jesus is making a movie. It's called The Chosen. And he has Dallas Jenkins helping him, which is the producer of the movie. Uh, Jesus made the Jesus Revolution movie. And so I'm attributing or acknowledging God's hand in all things, um, just like Nephi would say, yeah, Jesus built this ship. Well, it was your hands. Right. I got to help. But he's the one that gave me the vision and he's the one that gave me the strength and so forth. So that has helped. Um, What's what's your experience? I mean, if you guys have any thoughts, but I'm just curious about Emily. Um, that uh, that thing that I'm speaking of, the validation of others, your art, and so forth. That that, like I say, it's human. So it's, it's not if that affects you. It's to what extent, and how do you manage that energy in Christ? Um, that's a really good question. I actually, it's really hard. Um, I agree. I wish I could turn off the likes, but one of the reasons I originally started really liking doing this with you guys is because you had control of the YouTube. And so I never look at it. Like, I mean, I look at it to like watch episodes. I don't even look at it though. I just look on it to listen to the episodes. <laughs> I don't look of, at mine either. It, well, no, like I listen to the episodes, but it, it's really hard not to get caught up in likes. And what I notice is, so I try to run full, I just have an Instagram and I have a Facebook page, you know, and my face, personal Facebook account. And it's, they're all business and centered around my art. But like you said, if I ever post about my kids or family, I get like a billion likes. But if I just do it about Jesus art, you know, people get tired of it. But uh, I just, it, I want to let go of the likes and I know I need to let go of what the world thinks, but it's, it's so hard because I can't, I wish I could just turn off the likes. I really agree with you. Can you turn those off on Instagram? Because that would be really cool. There's got to be something out there. It's like a, an add-on or a plug-in to be like, <laughs> turn off all likes on social right. media. I mean, I know you cannot be notified, but if you go in and you're like, oh man, nobody liked it. Then like, I get like this, and I know it should be for God. And I, I have a hard time 
letting go. Like I just, it's, I would yeah. say it's, I don't want to pay attention to that. Like I really don't. And that's why for a couple of years now, I actually hardly posted at all because I was like, my purpose for making my art shouldn't be to get what others say about it. It shouldn't be like, oh, it's because I'm doing this because I want to get lots of likes. And it was starting to become that purpose. And so I stopped. I mean, I also got really burned out, but I also just had to stop because I didn't want that to be my purpose. Yeah. You know, you don't want it to be, oh, it's all about what they think, you know, because you want it to be about God. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. That's also one of the reasons why I told God, told God if he could help provide for my family in another way, because then I wouldn't have to worry about it. Because if you're trying to live off of it, then it's like really hard not to, right? Because like likes can often, it doesn't actually always equate sales because you really like for me, like with art, you really only need one person to like it, to buy it. Um, so the number of likes does not, does not always mean itself. However, if you have more likes, like on a certain painting, chances are higher somebody's going to want to buy it because then they're like, Oh, all these other people like it. I should snap it up, <laughs> you know? And so <laughs> that's right. That's it's a, uh, so, it's a machine. Yeah. It's, mm, it's just really tough. I guess that's, that's that. But as far as like sales go and that kind of thing with art for me for a while, um, pre COVID I had my art in like three different galleries. I was trying to sell it that way. And then I pulled everything out. Well, during COVID, nobody was going anywhere. Right. But then also I pulled it out because you get a lot more of your, when you sell with a gallery, they take about 50%. That's pretty standard, but I'm paying for all the framing and all the work and all the everything. And so it was just hard, but also I sold more on social media. So it was like, I don't know. Sometimes I don't even like, a lot of times I don't even like putting prices on my art. I have since the stuff we create on here, I put prices on when I post it. I'm very behind on posting. But I don't know if that answers your question. I would love to learn to know how to let go of it. And the only way I can let go of it is to not be able to access it, I guess, in some way. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan, I don't know. Jonathan, what's your experience as a poet and a producer? Um, you know, it's strange. <clears throat> um, but I've, I've had a kind of a, a similar but a different experience. Um, before I go much further, I just want to make sure, how's the video and the audio? Should I turn off the video? It's good. Working fine. Today's good. good. All right. So, um, personally, you know, it's funny. Um, I, uh, I've kind of come... Oh, I'm trying to think about which place to start at there because it's what you guys have talked about it has hit a couple of different thoughts for me um and maybe this is part of why we're all doing this together is because we have a diff different um we complement each other um okay so so a lot of what happens with regards to, and remind me after we finish this thought, I, I was curious to ask Emily what she liked, um, in particular, which podcast she liked that I shared. So this is me um, being really happy about the fact that somebody liked what I wrote. <laughs> Just what we were talking <laughs> you're, you're, about. 
<laughs> somebody listen to it. No one listens. Like no, the other... listener. What? Yeah, so I, I, I posted out 60 days ahead. So I scheduled everything to come out on my, my YouTube, on podcasts, and on my website on the same day. It's all scheduled for through like April 20th or something. And so anyways, it's good to know someone's listening. But um, I, uh, <clears throat> all right, so, okay, so the, the likes thing. Um, a couple things go through my mind um, with regards to that. Like I totally get the idea of um, of uh, I mean that's the plague of social media and the problem with social media. Um, we all have a propensity toward um, a scarce soul. It's like we need validation from other people and that gets in the way of the validation we need from god so there's a journey that god takes us on in our lives if we'll listen and if we'll obey and you know do and do the things he tells us that um that can strip away that and um i think part of it is um is being disliked um and you think, well, it's no fun to be disliked. And it's like, right. But I I know there was a certain point where I got used to it, in a sense. It's like, a, um, uh, I remember there was a time when I really, it hurts so bad to be betrayed or to have somebody um, turn and say something evil against me um, when my intent was good. Um and it was so painful, and for for years it went on like that, like just pain, pain. And in some ways, I still have to be careful because prop up. But um, at the same time, what that did is that it kind of stripped away that thing. Like I, when someone says that they um, something evil about me. Um, I find myself kind of at peace about it, and it it also has kind of made me a little bit immune to the thing that needs people, that needs the likes. Um, so I guess it's a journey for each of us, and each of us has to to let it come, kind of how it will. Um, but uh, but I also can see though that there is um, it's it's a place that that um. I think it depends upon what your calling is because um, it's like each of us, even just through doing this, this um, podcast once a week, we are making an active choice to put our voice out into the world. We're choosing to be public figures, you could say, um, and celebrities on a very, very tiny scale. <laughs> um and that's what really that's what like people are doing in the world when they they get on Instagram and they post things about themselves and they're talking about how harmful it is, especially for young people, because before they've even created um, or decided what they are or found out what they are or who they are, they're they're um, they're 
they're adjusting what they are based upon what they think people will like, and it's really harmful. Um, but I also have a sense that, you know, each of us are adults. Um, you know, Greg has thrown himself into being, you know, this kind of what he calls a Jesus street. And Emily has, you know, long ago given herself up to this world of the fact that I need to paint. And that means that I need to connect with other people like my paintings. <laughs> and, you know, I am this poet, writer. That means I've made a choice to all of us have made a choice to figure sense. Um, and I was thinking about it the other day, like I, there's this guy down here. So in this, my town is like 3000 people in the summer, 300,000 people in the winter. And it, they're erects. They, they erect basically a tent city during the winter. Like there are all these literal tents with these shops in them that service all these people. And there's all sorts of stuff you can buy. Well, there's this one kind of hardware store tent. It's got a big red roof and, and, um, and I went in there and, you know, the guy was telling me, Oh yeah. You know, telling me how many people go through his tent every year. And, um, and I thought, well, all these people got to know this guy, you know, and I realized it's like, he's kind of a local celebrity. It's like, you know, he's done everything he can to be known and liked by, you know, by the people, you know, for selling hardware. And so it's kind of a natural, and I can, I have a sense too, it's like, um, you have to be careful, not that you're not pushing it away. Because like you talk about the likes, it's like, the truth is, is that many people love to be able to hit that thumbs up button. It makes them feel so good because now they're a part of this thing that they loved, that they watched and they were like, oh, I loved this. And you're, you're in a sense, when you, you take that away, you're depriving them of loving you and of interacting with you and of, of, um, of, of having that connection with you. The same with the comments, you can turn off comments in YouTube but I've often hated it when the comments were turned off, when I saw something that I just loved and I wanted to say, now, of course, part of the reasons people will do that sometimes is that they don't want to get the, 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 um, the trolls who are going to, you know, say evil things about them. But it's like, it, it kind of comes with the territory. I think it's like, um, when we choose you know, it's like Greg has chosen to be a Jesus street preacher. Well, you know what that means? That means you're going to have people who are going to love you for it and people you're going, who are going to hate you for it. And if you want to push, you know, it's like, if you want to like, no, no, I only want the approval of Jesus. Well, it's like that, that kind of went out the door a long time ago when you decided to be a Jesus street preacher, because that means you, you have an audience that you're, that you need to reach. And so for me, like, it's, it's very much a motivation. Like I, I have to admit, like I've, I've told Greg this, like I have this feeling like my message is for the world. Like I have this sense. It's like, I, I'm probably going to be working on this till I die. And like, I, 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 there's a desire in me and it's kind of strange, but my desire is that like, literally 
every person who lives on the planet, I want to hear the ideas that I'm talking about because the ideas are important. And um, and so and it's not of like oh you know like I um, you know it's like I have my own issues inside of myself, but I have this sense that the work that I'm doing is is separate from that and that can affect me if if um if i let it go to my head or whatever but i have this sense it's like somehow this process god's put me through of having people dislike me has helped to immunize me a little bit against that um but that's i guess my i'm taking too long to say it but that's my my thought with it is it's like you have to be careful not to push this away and in, in fact, it, it, it can be important to welcome it because that's what we're doing this for, is to have people find the people who want to hit that like button because this helped them in their lives. And I'll pass it back with that. I've got some thoughts, but Emily, do you have any? Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, well, first, I'll just explain what I'm doing. Sorry, I know I'm changing everything. I was up there painting at my little desk and I was like, I need a giant painting behind me as a background. So nice. good, yeah. This is a big board that I don't know, I'm just gonna be working on prepping this giant piece of, of wood. And so I decided to move everything so you could see what I'm doing when I do prep stuff. This isn't the whole process. This is a a giant display thing that I made, but underneath it's the same way that I do a painting. So I've got to cool. take off this gray thing. But uh, along with all that, like you said, there is something like when I watch a YouTube video, I like to be able to say I like it. You know, like I feel like partly I do it because I want, I'm like, well, I want them to know that I value what they created. You know, and to be like, hey, I value what you're doing and you should keep doing it. You know, it's kind of like when there's music I like back when you used to like buy music and not just listen to it on like Spotify or whatever. I used to like to buy the people whose music I liked because, um, you know, because I wanted them to know that it meant something to me and I wanted them to keep creating it kind of that, that same point of view. Um, yeah. So that was just my thought with that. You can go ahead. I'm just going to get all this positioned and then start working. Okay. No, I'm glad we get to see, um, some of the, mundane parts of being a painter um people can say hey when are you going to yeah. start painting They're like she is this is part of the painting process yeah there's a um, lot of prep right um yeah. you guys think it's okay you can see my computer right here i mean i'm just trying to get a good point of view maybe i could do it yeah. i guess i could do it from the other side i don't know any opinions there no that's good um i yeah just set it up then jonathan and i will put some likes on it or, or some hates that I, I noticed they don't have <laughs> some a lot hates. of it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 I they don't let you dislike. No, yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's right. They're, they're positive. So my soul probably craves for the balance. I hate that on a scale of one to 10. I hate that this much, but, um, uh, okay. So, um, just some notes I wrote, um, uh, don't, uh, Oh Yeah. To explain what I meant, don't care in Christ, because as I started getting closer to Jesus, there were things that he didn't want me to care about. Um, for instance, outcomes. 
Like he's having me do this. Oh, I'm getting excited. Oh, this is going to work out so good. Well, that's my mortal mind going well beyond the mark. It's like, how do you know this is going to happen? I think you're telling me so. Cause it, like you've you're on the path to like um, your little kid and, and, and your mom and dad are starting to take you down to the candy store. You think, right? Oh, Ooh, I'm getting excited. Cause it must be candy time. Maybe not. You're just disappointed. They just, dad just puts gas in the car and you drive away. Like, well, that wasn't what I was expecting at all. And then you start being mad at dad. What? Why, why, why are you mad at me? Because you led me on. You made me think we're going down to the candy store. Um, and so following Jesus, <laughs> that's been one of the things I have to wrestle with. Like you talk about wrestling with likes is when you've got the God of all creation who has all this power and he starts leading you down a path. And you're like, oh, this is cool. This is going to be so cool. And it's just a one-off. No, it, it was cool. You got a piece of candy or whatever it is, you know. Um, we're, we're like Emily sells a, a painting. We might never sell another one. You know, like it was just a one-off. And like, what's up with that, Jesus? In my mind, I had it like, Emily's going to be selling one of these every week. Woo! We're going to be rolling in the dough. We're going to be so happy for Emily because she's selling art. And like, yeah, that might happen, but might not. Like, what kind of God am I worshiping? Why, why don't you just tell us what's going to happen? I'm a God of surprises. This could go any way. Um, and so you might end up at the vegetable stand. And instead of a candy bar, Jesus says, your dad says, here, this is better for you. And you got a plain carrot. You're like, oh, that's lame. But it's my experience with Jesus. So number one is um, learning to don't care in Christ, which means yield to whatever. I mean, I already gave up my life to Christ, which means, uh, all right, whatever experience you want me to have on earth, I'm down for that. <laughs> but understand, I'm going to try to be a hopeful person, but not have my hopes get overly exuberant because I've seen your pattern. If you look through the scriptures, it's the same thing, is that his promises get mooted sometimes. So yes, he'll bless people, but they all die, for instance. One of the things like, well, I, I can't live forever. Why did you think you could live forever? Uh, or um, if I follow you, it's going to be good. Yeah, the way is simple and easy. Is it only simple and easy? Well, now that's what you'd find out in the scriptures. It's not only simple and easy. It's freaking hard. Uh, so there's surprises. Woo, I'm surprised, which is what I am. The closer I get to Jesus, I'm surprised how much risk, ambiguity, and vulnerability they seem to be on the rise. And they are, of course, with truth, trust, and commitment. They're corollary pairs. And so that's part of it. Uh, oh, back to the, the saying. So I'm like, um, okay, Jesus, I, I want people to watch this movie. Yet I also don't want, if you don't want them watching this movie because it's a bad movie or um, it's not, people aren't ready for it. I don't, I don't want them watching it. Yeah, I don't want to mess up their salvation. I, I don't want them hearing stuff that's not right. Maybe I'm still just practicing and I'm saying stuff that's not right for them or for other people. So I don't care if they watch it in Christ. If they get through the first minute and go, oh, this isn't for me. Hallelujah. Woo, I don't want to waste another 20 minutes. <laughs> Sometimes the movies are long. Yeah, I don't, but it, but. I do care in Christ if they're supposed to. So that's that's as good as I got right now. Like 
I don't care Christ. Um, and that, at least to my head, explains, um, I don't care if you like me in Christ, which means his will be done. If you like me, yeah, I'm a mortal. I like that. That's cool. Oh, I got lots of likes. Yeah, that's cool. But my fundamental instinct as, as I'm being trained is I don't, I don't care in Christ. So that's what that is. Uh, oh, um, burn the ship. Okay. So, um, throughout my life, I've had, um, what I call an inoculation. Uh, and Jesus will do this. He'll give you, um, experiences that'll prepare you for later experiences. My inoculation throughout my life has prepared me to be a Jesus street preacher. What I was, um, imagine you went to high school or junior high or grade school, and every time you went there, they gave you a booster shot. And you say, why am I getting a booster shot? And they don't explain it. But in that booster is rejection, social rejection. Um, not, not severe, but kind of mild rejection, because that's what I received throughout my life, is however I was made my peers would turn around and give me a shot. Uh, this is a parable, of course. And that what they were giving me a shot of wasn't for the COVID. It was for rejection of others. And so it kind of hurt. Like, ow, you, you don't like me. <laughs> I'm not feeling the likes. Yeah, that'll, you'll thank me later, Greg, which later I did. I'm thankful Rod, uh, Rod Thayer, um, Mike Purcell, um, Trent Smith, uh, Frank Gonzalez, all these people, I, I, I treasure their memories now. I'm like, you guys were doing the work of God. I had to be trained to not care. And my response is kind of like I got a little rash because throughout, until I got born again, I didn't handle it perfectly because that's called I acted out. And this is sometimes when people experience rejection, they will act out. So that they go like, oh, you want to reject me? You're really going to reject me. So then they'll become deviant and they'll they'll up the ante. If you don't like that I talk weird talk, then I'm going to say weirdy, 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 weirdy talk. I'm going to do really crazy things. And it'll invite the rejection, which then has a counterpoint. Because inside of each of us is a defensive creature who will defend that person. And so uh, without going deep into uh, sociology of deviance, which I probably can't remember, got a PhD in it. But basically, that is a uh, one one of the reasons people deviate or act out is they're they're actually weirdly trying to invite rejection at a high enough level that it can kick in their their emotional response and they can finally let go. Okay, we're divorced, or I couldn't get myself to do it, but now that I've created this controversy and you responded with such bile. I'm going to say you're a bad person and, and cast you out. And so sometimes I understand when people have to leave the church, say, with vile vigor. Ah, uh, they're so bad. They're evil. <laughs> they're having, it's just not working for them. And they've got to separate themselves. And they're acting out rather than just going like, yeah, bye, I'm out of here. <laughs> they're like, no, I'm not out of here. I got the next five years. I'm going to come after you guys. And then it builds an energy that maybe actually helps them remove themselves and say, yeah, I used to used to work that. But so what I'm describing um, is that's a whole freaking lot of care that I spent my whole life because of those inoculation shots. Others rejecting me because of who I, I am, um, not rejected by the Messiah, but rejected of others. Um, 
And what it did is it prepared me for street preaching. So I, I was already prepared. So like why I could do what I can do, it had to do with a whole life of mild, medium rejection. Severe rejection sometimes just makes you stay in the sewer for your whole life. So I, like, I could totally see if, if I'd gotten severe rejection, now what would have happened? I don't know. I'd leave it to Christ. Um, and if I'd got no rejection, people just love me. I'd be in that tall, spacious building saying, woo, I am all that and, and more. And uh, you guys should love to like me. It's like, no, no, I've experienced enough rejection. There's a lot of people who just don't like me. And so it can sober you. Um, and whatever it is, I don't know. It's complicated. But when I got born again, then the real, real training began. And so the, that term, burn the ships, um, uh, Jesus used some of that same energy this time, I because uh, he said, stop trying to get rejection from the world. The things I'm going to do with you, you'll get plenty of rejection. So I anticipate just what Jonathan's saying. There's some people who are going to like me more and more because who I am as a street preacher and kind of like my style. There's going to be other people who say, I can't abide that. Uh-uh, you've gone beyond the pale. You can't preach naked like Isaiah in the street. I'm not going to preach naked. Not that I know but I would, if Jesus told me to, then you guys would be like, uh, Greg, you can no longer be on this channel. Jonathan and I are going to go on a non-nudity um, channel. I'm like, oh, okay, you guys must have a problem with nudity. So I'm going to reject you and then go make a spend my life making videos about how lousy you are. So that would be the wrong thing. i just like, no, I get it. Here's the right thing. I love it. You know, I'm sorry. Like Isaiah, I'm called the three years of nakedness. Oh, couldn't you have done it when you were better looking, like at 28 or something? Um, you're doing it at 59. It's just so uh, gross. I don't know if that's the right word. and That sounds unkind. But, Greg, please, just put your clothes on. Please, please, please. Like, sorry, Jesus told me to. I'm beholden to him. And you guys go away. Well, you have to give it to Greg. He's beholden to Jesus. Apparently listen to that voice. But I think he might be crazy, says two crazy other people. Um, okay, so there's that. And then the call and response. Oh, Jesus likes... Jesus likes likes. <laughs> That's what Jesus told me to write down. On, on like, Greg, who who else likes likes? Oh, Jesus, you're a freak for likes. In fact, you made it your first commandment. I don't want you to dislike me. I want you guys, all of us, to love me with all of your mind, might, and strength. Oh, well, if I'm trying to be like Jesus, then this is weird. It just blew my mind. I'm trying to be like Jesus. Is I'm I'm trying to get everybody to love me. He go like, oh, now it's getting a little complicated, Greg, because I don't want you to do that, the sheep. But yes, the ad, the answer is eventually, as we become further converted in Christ, we will care about the love of others so much, and we'll just become like Jesus. Like, I want everybody to love me with all their might, mind, and strength. Who are you? I'm not Greg. I can tell you that. <laughs> like, I don't want everybody loving me, Jesus. Um, but Jesus does. And so the more he possesses your, your being, you should anticipate that that, that um, paradox we're talking about does not go away. It will only increase and you'll have that issue. So I, like I say, it's never going to go away. It's not just a mortal issue. It's an immortal issue. The Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost really geek out on the love of others they can't just stay in their little high heaven they gotta reach out and touch somebody they want them all to love them and they'll make that the first commandment and they'll say oh, and while you're at it second commandment 
love one another as we have loved you. And so anyways, there's, there's the thing. Um, the final thing is call and response. So it's a, a, a fundamental, um, uh, what's the a process of all entities throughout all everywhere, whatever everywhere is, all the universes or multi-universes, there is a fundamental process and it's easy to kind of hear it like in jazz where you go doodly dee and somebody um, responds doodly doop, doodly deep, doodly doop. That's called call and response, but it's also used by humans uh, to, and, and so the, um, when you look at look up call and response, like in Wikipedia, they'll often reference uh, African American. Uh, even go back to the slave that it was a pattern of African uh, tribes to make calls and response. Like what? Like animals do. So wolves. What are they waiting for? Why don't they just keep going? Whoa, 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 whoa! Because they're listening for a response. It's a call and response. Well, who are they calling for? The rabbits? No. <laughs> Although they'd like that. They're calling to hear other wolves go, Woo! and then they'll go, I'm going to say it louder. Woo! And that's call and response. And it is, it is uh, like a meta concept. It's beyond everything because God does this. Call and respond. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and it shall be given unto you. And the devil does it too. The devil doesn't just stay in his dark little corner and say, I'm just going to protect like a fort. I'm just going to stay in here. No, he wants everybody to be miserable. You, you got to try some of this misery. Misery is awesome. Uh, in fact, when I say you have to try it, you have to, because I'm God. <laughs> and so he too, like God, reaches out with his darkness and tries to get as many souls um, to, I guess, love him, whatever. Um, hey, can you give me a like? The devil says, like, no, nah, I'm not going to give you a like. Um, Jesus will give you a love, though. I think maybe he loves the devil. But that's for a discussion for another day. Okay, so those are my comments. Call and response. Um, burn the ship. Yeah, Jesus um, has upped the ante as a street preacher. He's had me say things that basically separate. I'll, I'll give you an example. So a lot of my street preaching he's had me do has been a call to love. You know, like, let's get along with each other. Um, and then he drops a bomb on me. Uh, one morning he says, Okay, in your street preaching, he wants you to add Doctrine and Covenants 129. And I'm like, really? Because the church doesn't even say that very often. If you go to a conference, I don't think you'll, you'll hear Doctrine and Covenants 129, which says, when Jesus says to them, the only true church upon the whole face of the earth. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's pretty blatant and brazen. Because before that, I think I could have the evangelicals. Hey, I really like Greg. I wonder what church he belongs to. <laughs> and then Jesus has me drop the 129 bomb on him. Yeah. And it's like burn the ships. If they can't handle um, those, you could say, opposed idea. Hey, God loves everybody. He's taking on the path. All, all roads lead to Jesus. <laughs> and then you just drop this bomb. Oh, by the way, um, there's a true church and all other churches are false doctrine and covenants 129 he's having me preach that and like to what purpose and i believe the purpose is um because god will do the same thing to separate he'll create um these paradoxical pressures in our lives where finally we may have to say goodbye to some people because they say i i can't be your friend now why because you quoted doctrine and covenants 129 and that's if that's your belief i just can't be friends we live in a cancel culture. You're canceled. And like, you know what? I don't care in Christ. <laughs> I mean, and 
And that's true. I, I don't care in Christ because I'm not doing this. I, I wouldn't be saying that. I wouldn't drop that thing. But Jesus says, drop that bomb. I'm like, okay. But he has me drop bombs on the other side too. What I'm saying, President Nelson's a dirty, filthy, rotten, hard-hearted, hopeful sinner. For those who don't know, President Nelson's the, the uh, Corporation of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, top head. He's also regarded by me and others as a prophet of God. So why would Jesus have me call him a dirty, filthy, rotten, hard-hearted, hopeful sinner? Because he is. And so am I. Because uh, Jesus had me first saying that I'm a dirty, filthy, rotten, hard-hearted, hopeful sinner. And uh, the hopeful part's what I like. Yeah, I'm a hopeful sinner. And Jesus likes sinners. Really? Yeah, he's not big on righteous people or what we could call self-righteous people. Um, and so then he has me start saying this about the prophet. Well, all of a sudden, if my ward members or other LDS members can't handle that kind of talk, bye-bye. <laughs> like, do, do you think he's spotless? Well, no, he's not spotless. Do you think he's maybe dirty? Because um, I remember seeing a scripture that says the least sin or whatever, you can't get into the highest heaven. Well, we're trying. Like, <laughs> that's all Jesus requires. Then he throws his blood on you. Don't worry about sin. Worry about getting closer to Jesus. Because if you get closer to Jesus, you'll get his blood on you. It'll just wash everything away. But do get more Jesus. And so I, I have these counterpoints that are built. And yeah, it's, it's, it's just where he, he leads me. And I realize it's part of the bigger theme. It's like, don't worry about likes, Greg. I worry about the likes. I want them to love me, not you. So I guess you're first, Jesus. <laughs> you're first. I'll get them to love you. And then maybe they'll love me. He goes, that's the thing. So perhaps. Okay, that's what I got. I have some stuff I can add to that, if that's okay. Um, trying to remember all the thoughts I had while you were talking. Um, few thoughts. The whole idea with likes and things is actually one of the things that originally started me painting this series. And I have I talked about that? I think I have. I haven't. Kind of. I don't remember. Tell really. us. Tell us again. We like those okay. stories again. So. Um, so when I started this, I was I was trying to do the opposite of everything because when I was doing art, I was always doing it to like look perfect and look good. And I liked it when people were like, oh, wow, that's so realistic. Or that just really moved me and all of that. And so when I started doing my art, I was like, how can I do it wrong <laughs> so that I don't? So it's just like what you said. We all have like that reaction inside of us where we're like, how can I do this the wrong way? And I guess that's really one of the things that started it. And then I kept feeling really torn every time I, I would post about it and stuff. So for I didn't, that's why even if you go, like I've done like over 400 of these, but if you go, I've, I mean, I stopped counting about 400. I don't know what I'm at. Probably not that many more because I'm spending more, I'm going back and working on the old ones. But um, but part of it was was just um, every time I posted about them, I felt like it, it so I like writing about it. It gives me like a different purpose. But if, when I start posting about it, it like, I don't know, then I start writing for the wrong audience, right? It, I guess is what I'm saying. Like I want it to be all about Jesus and I want it to be writing about Jesus. But then if, yeah, if I'm posting about it, then it becomes, yeah, wrong. I don't know. So I guess that's kind of what started me there. Um, I was trying to look for, and also I was trying to look for the, Doctrine and Covenants 100, uh, or sorry, 29 scripture. I tried to glance over it while you were talking, but I couldn't find whatever one you were talking about with a, a true church, but maybe that's a discussion for another time. Um, 
lots of interesting ideas there. I guess that's kind of what I was thinking. It's just, it's almost like, it's, it's, I think all of us have things in our lives where we have to kind of reject everything or we purposely do things to become rejected. Like you said, that's like a common thing. But I think even religiously, it's like you have to do it so you, kind of weird, so you know who your true friends are or um, maybe that's not the right way to put it. I mean, I think that's how the world would put it. But I guess I'm just saying, I think it's all part of the experience. And how do we not get caught up in likes? I don't know. Some of my ways are to reject it all, but then like I I cannot, I can't handle it. Like I always will want to look at likes. And I think that's part of why lately I haven't posted a lot for our stuff on there because I'm like, oh, but then I get stuck. I get caught in the cycle of likes again. But then I do want to post them because I like, when I actually take time to sit down and write about or review what we've talked about, then I get like a whole deeper level of understanding. And, and to me, it's kind of like when you read the scriptures, you read it one time, but then you have to explain it to somebody or you've got to use it in something, then you're going to get like a whole nother level, right? Like the more you put into it, the more you get out of it, I guess is kind of the same thing as well. Oh, those are just kind of my thoughts. Well, uh, and let me uh, tell you what that DNC, uh, I was quoting the wrong one, DNC 130, oh. and which, which I think is funny because Jesus will do this sometimes. Um, and and it and, and like, I don't care in Christ. So sometimes I'll, I'll do quotes and I don't put quote marks around them. I just like, well, yeah, but some people think that you're saying that. Okay, I don't care. Um, we have this thing called Google. Just copy it, paste it, and say, did Greg say that? And the answer will be like, no, he didn't. Uh, well, he he should show attribution. And so oftentimes Jesus will have me leave mistakes in my movies, like misspelled words. I'm just going to go with that. I'm like, okay, Jesus. Um, and because, um, oh, he, he'll put in my, my head, uh, you strain at gnats but swallow camels. In other words, if people are going to strain, oh, he misspelled a word. Sorry, you're not getting the movie, people. If you're if you're focused on word spelling, well, it was a distraction. Yeah, it may not be time for you because if you're hungering and thirsting after what Jesus is putting through this vessel, because I'm just a flow through, um, then don't worry. Misspellings will not matter. It's just like going to a doctor. If you're so sick and that doctor has bad bedside manners, but he's the only guy that can keep you alive other than Jesus, of course. Guess what? You don't care about his Brad breath. You don't care that he's a raging liberal. You don't care that he spit at you when he's talking to you um, because you know this is the guy that's got to cut me open and take that cancer out. But if, you're, if your condition's not that serious, then you're like, oh, no, I'm going to find another doctor. Um, and if somebody else could do this, yeah, I'm going to find another doctor, but if he's the only one in the world, <laughs> I, I can tell you what, there's very few people, um, probably zero, that need me, Greg Moeller, what I'm saying, unless Jesus tells them. And so uh, Doctrine and Covenants 130, without delay, um, let's see, uh, the Lord then referred um, to the church as the only true and living church upon the face of the whole earth with which I, the Lord, am well pleased. Okay, and so what Jesus will have me do when I quote that, um, I often, he, he allows me to say this, I'll say, whatever that means, because there's only two churches. There's the church of the devil, the church of God. And I'm referring, of course, 
to a, a, a scripture in the Book of Mormon that the prophet says that there's only two churches. Well, hold it. <laughs> there's a lot more than just two churches. Right. And so that um, is what makes me suspect when Jesus has me drop DNC 130, he's having me drop a truth bomb. You can drop truth bombs all you want. You know, if you're um, with some gay people, you just like, you got four of your favorite scriptures from the Old Testament or New Testament or whatever. You drop those like you you want these people to scurry away, not like you just drop those. But maybe they won't scurry away. Maybe they've been taught to love their enemies. They're like, oh, that those are interesting scriptures. Yeah, I see why you might believe that. Yeah, that's that's cool. Good for you. <laughs> like, oh, don't you want to fight me? And and I honestly, I don't have much fight in me because um, Jonathan told me it was Jesus telling me that the peacemakers are going to win this round, um, which I believe because the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, it's going to be something different than we've ever seen. Usually it's people get mounted up with weapons and you know there'll be some of that but but how jesus is going to have his people win this time it's gandhi-esque i mean i'm just going to sit down and then the whole empire is going to crumble pretty much that's going to be the main thing the peacemakers and i'm just like i want to see that jesus of course it might be one of those um greg go get go get a gun i thought you wanted me to be a peacemaker well, i'm telling you to shoot some people oh well okay and that's what I would do. I just like, okay, so this is like regular war. No, I didn't say how many I wanted you to shoot. Two people, and then I want them to kill you. What? Okay, this doesn't sound like Jesus. This doesn't make sense. I was planning on, you know. Um, so that is what I wanted to emphasize too, especially the two people who are outside the church. And, and Jesus allows me to say whatever that means. And and there actually is doctrinal discussions on what that means. In fact, that's what I was just looking at Elder Oaks. And I'm, I'm not going to read um, his talk, but I'm guessing that he, he tempers that. Because every scripture, if you find a scripture, believe me, there's five others that temper that. And that um, come into, into play. What is meant by that? What was the time? And blah, 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 blah. And... God doesn't have me there be very precise. When you're dropping bombs, you know, it's done for a purpose. Go ahead, Jonathan. I can't hear you, Jonathan. You got your 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 mic? Is that better? That's better. So Emily, did you have something with that first? No. So no. um so you know that um it's a can of worms that uh, um i think we'll be talking for a little while um but i have the feeling it's like um it may not be a good can of worms to open the whole <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like um, I say, it's provocative. Yeah, that's that's a can the church doesn't open. They're afraid to open that one. Yeah. Because, um, partly because I, I want to talk about something else this time, some other things this time, Good. too, not forgetting the, the reason that Emily liked my podcast, which ones she liked. So we got to get to that still. Of course. Because I got to find out why somebody likes something. But... Well, and, and let's have her tell it while we're recording so other people can go there as well. Go ahead, Jonathan. Before we um, 
before before I go go to that, I will just touch on. Um, and we've not, got about ten minutes left. Does that work for everybody? Okay, we're good. Um, so so I was just going to say, you know, saving this for next time. But but as far as the whole um, the one true church, it's it's really fascinating, and and we'll save it for another time. Um, but it is interesting because the Catholics say the same thing. Um, and, um, and, uh, the evangelicals don't have that kind of language, um, but they do have the one true book. Um, Emily and I had a discussion about this, our infallibility discussion when Greg was, um, was gone one week. Um, but it'll be fun to, and interesting to go into that. The interesting thing, and I, again, let's, let's save this for next time, but it doesn't bother me that Greg says that in his his uh, preaching, but it it is a subject that it's like, I, it's it it actually is part of the reason that I struggle with um with organized religion is because of the claim and not e not even understanding what. It, oftentimes, I find that people say things like that, and they don't really know. Like, they they can't explain why. Um, and I'm one of them. <laughs> It's a big claim. It's like I think the reason that it's okay that that Greg says it to me is that I know that Greg, I know what Greg's doing. I know that he's being provocative, and I know that he's just kind of obeying this strange voice, you know, that tells him to say this and tells him to say that. And I kind of get that it's like it's part of what, um, it's part of what it's it's like. Um, Isaiah going naked for three years. It's like, it's like, give them a reason to not believe, you know? Um, and it's like, it's like, and, and for people who, people like Emily and I, who are kind of have seen things from a different vantage point, it's like, um, if we didn't find something else compelling, which goes deeper than what you're saying, that would be kind of repelling to us. Sure. For specific, <laughs> not that not that we have any huge beef and we want to you know tear anything down. Um, so I want to I want to open it up, but I want to open it up in a different discussion where we can we can have more uh, more time with it because um, I, I do have a vantage point on it, but it's um, it's it's not something I can unpack in um, five minutes. Um, it, it'll it'll take us discussing it probably multiple episodes, not specifically focused on that, but here and there I'm sure it'll come up. Um, so I know this probably sounds um, antithetical to what we were talking about before, but so I am going to mention so that uh, more people can find <laughs> what I do. Um, Good. Good. Um, I mention where the podcast is so it's the trackless path right so if you look for the podcast on on the distri distributing platforms it's the the trackless path and the youtube channel is the trackless path and my website is the trackless um so we may not be able to get into the subjects but there are are there were there any particular um podcast that i shared that you wanted to mention emily that that you liked in the subjects because those may be subjects for other times or something so go ahead so funny enough um the one that i really liked was infallibility <laughs> um, 
so that's the main one that I remember. It was just a really deep poem, and I I can't remember all the words for it right now, but I just it just really resonated with me, and I just really liked that. Um, Let, let's um, how, about, how about next week we'll have Jonathan start us out by reading that. Yeah. Does that sound good? Yeah, it sounds really good. Yeah, I just yeah, so I just resonated with it. Um, I was actually it was it was one night when I I woke up in the middle of the night and I just had a lot on my brain and I just it sounds really bad, but I couldn't sleep. And when I can't sleep, I listen to podcasts. And I was like, what do I want to listen to? I'm like, I need to feel kind of inspired. So I was like, oh, I'll listen to Jonathan. And sometimes, like today, when I couldn't sleep, I listened to our you our 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 one from last week that Jonathan put on as a podcast. And uh, like early this morning, and I just it sometimes it's like I need to listen to something that kind of brings me to a deeper thought or a deeper thought realm. Um, it's not like something I listen to when I'm trying to escape. It's something I listen to when I feel like I need to feel connected, I guess, is what I'm saying. And just feeling like there's other people that have these different thoughts about different things. And it's okay. And um, I've never really been one for poetry, actually. I like to write it. I've never really read it. But like, uh, Jonathan, like your poetry and stuff, like when you share, it just really, I don't know, it just reaches me. And I actually... Actually, like how you, it seems like mostly you just read the poems and you don't really go into the why or the reasons, um, which I actually really like in some ways because it just kind of leaves it open to interpretation. And um, the one thing I do is just I don't like how there's so many that are only like two minutes or three minutes. So at the same time, it's like I wish, like I like podcasts that are like 20 minutes long uh, or 30 minutes long. So I don't know how you, I would do that. You could do whatever you feel like, right? Yeah, go ahead. So um, I actually, in this series, I, I did 60, I, I tried, I did 60 days ahead. So there's one every day for 60 days. And, and what I did is um, for the first while, so many of the, some of them are, are older pieces that I wrote a couple of years ago. Um, and I did every other day. So I would do an old piece and then I do something that I just written, or I also started making these recordings where like I'll I'll start talking and then I'll like I'll stop the recording till the words come and then I keep recording and then so you don't have to listen to the pauses um and so so it's basically when I do that it's the same process that I go through when I write a poem strangely like you said like um I don't uh I actually don't read much poetry um, which is kind of strange. I, I'm I'm not a real fan of poetry either. Um, I just I really what happened is I sat down to say something years ago. I thought I'm going to try and say something every day, and um, and when I did, it came out as a poem, and it actually surprised me. And then I did it again the next day, and it came out as a poem again. And um, and so apparently that's kind of the way that my soul kind of thinks, but these recordings are just me like it's not coming out poetic um if i had sat down to write it it would end up as a poem because there's a part of me that has to perfect it and i like the cadence and the rhythm and the and i and and the rhyme when it does rhyme it doesn't have to rhyme but these recordings that i do um are kind of like the bare feeling and without the me perfecting it and 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 narrowing it down to um that's why it ends up one to two minutes is that is that i condense it so that every line is 
is specific and I ne I don't say a word that I don't mean. Um, whereas these recordings, you may like the recordings better. They usually end up being like six to 10 minutes. Um, so they're not a couple hours, but they, um, but they are a little bit longer. The other thing I did is that um, starting soon, probably in the next while, like I started um, on the older ones, I started um, doing a little intro where I, I discuss, I say, okay, I wrote this night, you know, in uh, 2018 and here's the circumstance that I was in or the thing that brought up the thought um, you know, and I talk about it for a few minutes and then I go into it. So, um, so I'm, I actually appreciate the feedback because, um, uh, on the one hand, I want to say, this is the balance that we are all talking about. On the one hand, I want to say what God wants me to say, but on the other hand, it's also an exchange. It's the call and response that Greg was talking about. It's like, it's like, I'm not speaking to myself and God. I am speaking to people who I want to respond and tell me what they think and tell me what they want so that I can. So it's a balance between what God is saying, what I'm doing, what people are saying in response. And I'll, I'll turn that over to Greg. Sounds like Greg has a comment on that. So go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted the, the viewers and listeners to understand that that's actually how we arrived at Jesus in this mess, uh, which is the name of the program from my end anyways, it's called Jesus TV. It's a program that we've been doing now for many Sundays, maybe 13 or 12 or 13 or something on this. And where this uh, had its genesis was that I, um, I, I'd become friends with Jonathan over a course of time. And um, I don't know, he sent me his poem or whatever. And I recognized the message of the poem. I'm like, that's the same stuff Jesus tells me. Or sometimes it's like, oh, I can hear Jesus in these poems, and it's prophetic. And I'm like, that's prophetic poetry, and I knew that that's his gift right there. Uh, he's a poet. I know a poet. I didn't, before that, I didn't know a poet. And I thought, oh, that's cool. So in my Jesus Greg world, I have a poet friend. And then I could find it. It's like the human zoo. And now I've got Emily. She's she's an animal, too. Look at that. And the kind that I like, one living in a van, another one uh married to an agnostic uh, uh this is very interesting jesus keep it coming so i got all these friends that whoa i've got an exotic zoo within my jesus greg world human zoo of course and and of course i'm an interesting creature too so then you guys have that um and but i wanted you to understand the genesis was um because jesus like um like jonathan was kind of led to his poetry i was led to um my street preaching and um, movies are part of an extension of that because it's like um, we now have what are called um, virtual streets. And you'll see this um, soon in the next five years. People will be aware and 10 years from now, it'll just become ubiquitous that we'll learn to interact differently in this, in this place called the metaverse. Um, I, of course, preach the Jesus verse, which will be its, um, its counterpoint, uh, a Jesus themed world, so forth. And I'm building that um a Jesus Greg world in that Jesus verse in that place, but the metaverse um, uh, is going to be an immersive place, and uh, we'll be able to express things differently. So Jonathan's poem, most people like when they uh, in, engage with poems, it's usually been um, 
most people in in a book or a magazine. So the um, poets traditionally publish and they'd get $50, $100, $200 for their poems. And so if you're a poem geek, that's what you would read. You'd read the poems. Or you might encounter them in some other form, format, some beatnik um, uh, bar or something, and somebody's reading a poem. Um, but when I read Jonathan's poem, that's traditional, I'm like, oh, we need to do something with that poem. Um, and so in the metaverse, this is, the, this is what's going to happen. So I'm prophesying right now, because this is something I know, I know about, that what's going to happen is that things become more. They become connected. So what Jonathan and I did is an example of that, where we took his poetry and we brought more energy to it. Like, Jonathan, I want you to not just say the poem, which we did. So um, our pattern was read the poem. Let me do this next week with, with your poem about infallibility. Read the poem. Then let's go back and then analyze that. And so it's not like that hasn't ever been done in the world, but it's not done a whole lot. You go to your your television, you're not going to see that, see people doing that. Be like, well, because it's boring, but it's not to those who are drawn, and I'm drawn to Jesus. Okay, so Jonathan has a lot of Jesus, he's encoded in different ways. You don't see Jesus, Jesus, Jesus <laughs> every line like you do in the songs that I download from Jesus, but it's truth, it's um, and, and it's prophecy. And why I was, I was attracted to it is because I'm like, it's the same stuff that Jesus was telling me. Or it was new revelations, things that just stacked upon. I got, I got three blocks here. And Jesus says there's a fourth one. Oh, here comes Jonathan's poem. Boom, it's stacked up. And like, oh, now I understand that better. Um, and so you also, you heard me um, in these episodes, sometimes I'll reference Jonathan's poems, which are like re referencing scriptures. They're scripts, if you will. Um, that are inspired. That's his, that's his gift from God. We all have different gifts from God. And that's, that's one of his gifts. And so I'm, I'm kind of doing two things. I wanted to tell the Genesis, but I also wanted to prophesy um, because it, it's what I believe is going to happen with Emily's. I think we're brought together partly because we're going to do something in the metaverse. So this program you're watching right now, if Jesus keeps it up, we'll see. It's just a fake trip to the candy store. Are we going to get some vegetables? What are we doing, Jesus? We'll see. But Emily's open to it. Jonathan's open to it. And I'm open to it to be one of the first who embrace the metaverse. So you can experience this, yes, as a podcast or yes, as a flat 2D, um, 2D like, just like you are now if you're watching on YouTube. But then another way that eventually would allow you to go inside Emily's um, virtual kitchen right there. She got down there and open her microwave up and she's got a pen painting in there and you push the microwave and it, you watch it go in flames or you better yet, maybe go in her garage, you see things, whatever she's set up in that virtual world to have you interact. But those things aside, what she would like to do is have you write on the back after you look at a painting that you like. So it's not just a stupid thumbs up that we're going to move to where you leave comments, maybe in handwriting, and, and it'll delight Emily. She's like, woo, wake, come up in the morning, and she's, she's got some symbol that says, somebody been writing on your art. And most artists would say, that, that disturbs me, but not Emily, because she'll be like, what did they write? And then they'll make their comments on that art, hopefully about the art. I really love how Jesus is portrayed, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to end this prophecy, turn it back to Jonathan. That's what's coming to everything. So it's called the point of singularity. Everything's going to start because we're going to be able to ha handle that kind of connection. And that's what we did. We connect with Jonathan's poems. 
in what is kind of a new way, at least for us. And next week, we'll look at one of his poems and we'll be connecting with it because we'll be connecting it to an art slash street preaching slash poet um, program. But I believe it's just the start. I believe Jonathan's poetry, if, if this, this is what I'll tell you, it's going to happen. We're going to probably collectively do things with his poems that the world has never seen before. And we'll be able to do that with the help of AI, uh, the metaverse, the Jesus first, if you will. Um, and so it's a, it's a bright, bright time. And I look forward to it because that's what I'm called to. It's one of my, my callings is to build uh, these virtual worlds and, then if you want to learn more, www.getmorejesus.com. Back to you, Jonathan. I had a thought. I was going to point to Emily because I saw her raise her hand a while ago. Oh, yeah. Um, so, Jonathan, now hearing that, I was like, actually, what I need to think of for your podcast is it's more like a, a daily reflection, a daily mantra for the day. And so in that aspect, if I go in with that and just be like every day, you know, it can be like, like you said, like a daily scripture or like a daily thought. And and that was something I like it. I guess I hadn't considered that before. I was just listening to them all in a row. But if I'm just like, oh, just listen to one a day as like your daily inspiration, I guess you could say. And okay, that's cool. I like that, I guess is what I'm saying. I just didn't know the, I guess the context for it. Or maybe that's not what you meant, but that's a way that I can look at it. Well, and they are, they are best listened to that way in that sense. Like I actually, I, I realized that's what I do. Like it's like, and I have this feeling like, like, cause I really do intend for people to listen to them. And I don't want just some people to listen to them. Like I want ever, like I said, this sounds strange, but like, I want every human on the planet to listen, you know, it's like, not to say that that's going to happen in my lifetime. Um, and it doesn't even have to come from my mouth. It can be somebody else. But the ideas I'm talking about, and so like I very much respect people's time. I think that's part of why when I sit down to write, I oftentimes condense. Like I'm condensing down so that like every line is packed with meaning. I wrote a, a book in 2015 or 16, 16. And um, when I wrote the book, like I remember that was my intent. It was a 5,000 word book, which you'd say, oh, that's not a book. That's a pamphlet. Right. But the idea was like I intended for people to read it and to it in, to impact. And so like every line, every word is placed purposefully and intentfully, intentfully. That's not a word. Purposefully, I think, is the word. It's like and so. um so we'll see. I don't know if it'll always be that intense. It's it's felt the way that I felt over the last few years. I felt like, you know, like the baby through the birth canal. It's like, like compacted and like like super razor sharp. Like, uh, and I feel myself loosening up. So it may be that my writing becomes more, more fluid, and that I feel more like I can take a little bit more of people's time. But that was really my intent. Was um was like and and when i did the 60 days just recently that was my idea is that it's like i this may sound strange emily um but i was actually thinking about you when i when i did it i put that podcast up because what i'm trying to do right now is it's like it's like i can look at all the people who are not watching my content right i and and that actually discourages me when i think about i posted this thing and it hasn't had any views i post <laughs> It's had three views, kind of like what you guys were talking about. 
but I think I'm on the opposite side. Like instead of like getting inflated because of the likes, I tend to get disappointed because I don't feel that connection with my audience. And, and so it feels deflating, but it's like, I've, I have to train myself that it's like, okay, well, wait a minute. Who's listening? Greg's listening. Mary, my friend, Mary's listening. I know, I know this. Now there's a few others probably that I don't know about, you know, maybe Aaron and, um, uh, the guy and, um, uh, he's right there, um, up in Heber. Um, Anson, Anson, and Anson, you know, maybe they're listening. And then like Emily said to me a while back, it's like, I'd really like it if it were in a podcast and not on YouTube. And so like, I remember I was at the time I was kind of thinking about, it's like, Oh, you know, it's hardly anybody's listening. And then I had a little still small voice said, Jonathan, you know, one of your listeners just made a request and I was like, oh, so I'm supposed to serve the people who are listening. Yes. So the whole reason I put up the podcast was like, it's like there's one person who said, who gave me some feedback. And so I'm going to focus on the one. So I put it up and the idea when I put it up was like, I was thinking in my mind, it's like, okay, like Emily works full time teaching it's like she probably has a few minutes on her way to work in the morning oh we just lost you we just lost you just lost you you might have to dial back in not hearing you your, your voice uh, emily can you hear me I, Am I, I back? Oh, you're back. You're back. All right. I got a phone call and it messes everything up with this when I do. He'll probably call back. So if it happens, then. Um, but the point being is like, I was like, okay, she probably has five minutes on her way to wait, five minutes. So I thought, so like I was really pushing, even on the recordings, like I'm going to try to keep this within five minutes so that like, and, and I think this is helpful for me because I know that in time, it's not just going to be Emily, but I kind of took it that God was speaking to me in a sense of like, think about this. This is your audience. It's like, you know, they probably have like five minutes on their way to work and five minutes on their way home, you know, and, and, uh, Emily is a real person and, and, you know, with a real job. And so think about people. So back to Emily, go ahead, Emily. Sorry. Uh, I was just saying, yeah, thanks. I hadn't even considered it till now. But I should be listening to it on my way to work. <laughs> <laughs> on my way home. I've been looking, I actually been looking for something to listen to. Um, I'm like, I don't want to listen to the news. I like Christian radio, but they always play like the same songs. <laughs> so like so this is a good idea. I need to start listening to it on my way to work. Yeah. On my way home. It'd be a great thing to start out. But and I've I've got a thought on that. So I um Jesus makes these movies and I get to help him. And some of them are like an hour long. Um, and um, people are like, oh, if, you, if it was shorter. And I'm like, oh, there's this, this high technology that's available. Do you know what it's called? The pause button. You just push pause. Like, oh, okay. So you can watch like two minutes of, of the program that you're given and pause it. And you know what it's like? The Holy Bible. Why does Jesus put this huge Bible? I can't read the whole thing, so I'm not going to read it. 
Um, well, some people have learned this technology. You just read a little bit, and then you make you have a bookmark. Whoa, that's high technology. Yeah, it's like a piece of paper. You could even write down where was I and what were my thoughts. Yeah, I don't have time for that. <laughs> well, um, then there's that's a fundamental problem you're going to have with Jesus because he requires intense patience, intense long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, and even pause this because I'm telling you what, as Jesus has interacted with me, he'll press pause on projects. I'm working on a project. He presses pause and, and it'll pick up two months later. I'm like, really? Really? Now we're going to do this? Because <laughs> we are used as humans, especially used um, raised in U.S. Antichrist, all as well in Zion, Babylon cult, cult, culture with an 18-month uh, product cycle. We're used to doing what's called marathons rather than a series of sprints. But Jesus um, is showing us how to do a series of little sprints, um, interval training, if you will. And he's had to do that with me. In fact, just this weekend, he, he says, Let's start releasing this movie, Greg, that I'm making in little parts. So I've got this long movie. It's called Number One Million, and it's being released in parts. <laughs> I'm like, this is wild, but it's working. Um, anyway, that's what I wanted to emphasize. So we can celebrate. Um, let's make these small enough so people can eat them. Well, let's remind people they have a finger and they can press pause and they can make a little note that takes, what, 30 seconds, maybe 20 seconds, where to pick up again. Anyways, that's that's Jesus's response through me. He's like, don't worry about going long, Greg, because um, the people who need this food are very few. Right. The, the people who need to read the book thoroughly, the Bible, few. Book of Mormon, same thing. Very few until Jesus tells them otherwise. You need to read that thing. But anyhow, that, that's my take. I actually need to go. Okay. Um, Let's, my uh, kids have come and told me that I'm sticking up the whole house with my art. So I sweet. need to take it all outside. Sweet. <laughs> this is, that's pretty tough. Okay. All right. Hey, until next so week. So I got to go. Have a good day. Okay.